Live from Columbus, it's the Zone of Truth. This week on the show, Griff and I review the Truly Getaway Hard Seltzer Variety Pack. Spend an action to rage as we rank the various 2E Barbarian Instincts in segment Power Rank Kill. And of course, answer some listener questions. I'm your host, Steve, in the studio. Through our GM and my co-host, Griffin, roll a will save. You're in the Zone of Truth. Yeah, baby, we're live. Nailed it the first time, man. How you doing, Griff? Doing good. Yeah, me too. How's your week been? Oh, it's been shit, but I'm doing good now. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, just the busiest week probably of my life at work. So. Ooh, geez. Yeah, just a tough one, but got a lot of new responsibilities. Mm. Got a lot of the same pay. I'm sure a lot <laughs> of people can commiserate. <laughs> You know, year-end close is always tough for us financial New people. responsibilities, same pay. What? <laughs> what? Crazy. <laughs> I wonder how we saved so much on expenses this year. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Work's been busy on my end, too. Not too terrible. But, you know, life's been treating me okay these days. So I'm hanging in there, man. I've been having a good one. What's been new in your life, man? Besides just like working crazy hours, you doing anything fun? Yeah. Haley and I are deep into playing Pal World. Mm. Uh, we've only been playing it multiplayer and it has been so damn fun. I mean, the it's just like the gameplay loop is super addicting and satisfying. It's, I mean, I hate to say this because everyone that has listened to zone of truth knows that i'm a huge monster collecting fan that's my favorite genre of video game griffin haley getting addicted to pale world is the 2024 bingo free space yeah correct um <laughs> i think this is one of the best monster collecting games of all time this is better than any of the new pokemon games is it better than digimon no okay <laughs> Just, it's different that, than that Digimon. It's different. Lot. It's different than Digimon. It tells me a lot. It's different than Digimon. I do miss evolution. I think that's a really good component of monster collecting games that's absent in Power World. Although who knows? The game is still an alpha and it's like giving me a better experience than games I pay full price for. So I, I'm shocked. This game, just for context, Steve, this game, as of like a week and a half ago has sold 12 million copies. I've heard it is a wild away success. I mean, for reference, they spent less than $6 million on developing the game. That's wild. It's kind of a, a strange phenomenon because when I heard of this game, it was just like, it just came, like, quote unquote, came across my desk as like, Pokemon with guns, like, haha, memes, that's funny. You see like a Pokemon with a machine gun. But like, people are really, really responding to this game in a way that is a little surprising to me. And some of the feedback that I've been hearing is like, yeah, it's kind of like the adult Pokemon game that we've been wanting like our whole lives. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, I think it's getting unfairly reduced to like Pokemon with yeah. guns, but it is on par with some of the really good like crafting and base creation games. It is a huge open world that is fun to explore and fairly vibrant with pals, which Pokemon was lacking when it tried to do that. And it's just like, it, it's just fun. Like uh, right. a lot of people joke about how you can like make your pals into like a sweatshop and stuff, but like people that actually play that have like empathy, I think don't do that. Yeah. Like there's an item in the game that allows you to like work your pals harder and like I'm level 50 which is the max level and I've never used it. Mm -hmm. And I still get like great results from like the bases me and Haley have made, so it's just it, it If you haven't played it, you I mean it's $30. If your computer can run it, it's so worth. And then beyond that, I've been watching Has Been Hotel on Prime. I am completely enamored with that series. It is a very adult cartoon that is kind of based this is the premise is the daughter of lucifer is starting a hotel where she is trying to redeem sinners so that they can go to heaven because currently heaven sends people down to hell and like calls demons every year mm -hmm. so like kills a bunch of souls sure. again 
And so she's basically trying to save her people through means of redemption so they can go to heaven so they won't get killed by this process. So the people that like truly have changed their ways have a second chance, basically. But it's very crude. It's very adult. And it's uh, musical, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Like every episode has like one or two musical numbers in it, and they're all bangers. There was a pilot done of it in like 2019 or something, and it got picked up by A24 and Prime. And it's got a lot of heart. It's really good. You can tell that the creator has spent like over a decade in this world because mm-hmm. there's like. There's another show called Hell of a Boss that's in the same universe, and I've that's it, yeah. that's a I think that's a YouTube series or something, something along those lines. I don't know where you can watch Hell of a Boss, but it's in the same universe, and so like this shared universe is is really cool. I mean, don't let your kids watch it, but like, <laughs> it's definitely worth watching. It's got some really tough themes though, so like that's they're good about trigger warnings at the top of episodes, but there's some stuff in there that's like. You know, definitely a trigger for people in not a way that it's like used, you know, it's not used in a bad way, but it's used to highlight what is happening to these souls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad you're able to do some fun stuff and still have a good time, even though that work's been a little tougher. I definitely need to check out Has Been Hotel. Like the art style looks really cool. I've seen the little thumbnails in my Amazon Prime login. So I am definitely going to check it out. It seems really cool. On my end, my journey through the Resident Evil saga continues. I can't remember where I left off when we were talking about Resident Evil, but so I started at seven, finished that, I finished eight. I played through all of the RE2 remake. I played through the Resident Evil 3 remake, and I just started Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 is uh, the love child of Resident Evil 8 and Resident Evil 2. Don't at me, that's my opinion, but it's fucking awesome. So I've been playing through all those games. I've really, really been enjoying them. It's like classic, classic action horror. They're really cool. I want to call special attention to Resident Evil 3. I feel like a lot of people talk about 2 and a lot of people say that like 4 is one of the best games ever made. And from what I can tell, it is really awesome. The story of Resident Evil 3 is so fucking cool. You are playing as Jill Valentine who survived Resident Evil 1 and she's living in Raccoon City as the zombie like apocalypse is happening and the evil Umbrella Corporation unleashes this beast called Nemesis to kill Jill because she survived the first game. And the creature design on Nemesis is fucking cool. Oh, so three is the basis of the movie? Okay. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause I've seen, I've seen those and Nemesis is in there, mm-hmm. but the way that it kind of works is that Resident Evil three feels like Resident Evil two and that the gameplay is very similar and you're fighting zombies, but you have this continuously returning and mutating bad guy that keeps showing up that you keep having to fight and he like there's these cool chase sequences and boss fights my feedback for resident evil 3 is i feel like sarah connor in terminator that like you have this basically unstoppable bad guy pursuing you the entire time while an action game is happening around you the criticism there is that it's a little shorter i'm playing all these on casual difficulty and i was through resident evil 3 i rolled credits in like four hours like it was quick but Boy, did I really, really connect with three. I thought it was awesome. So I'm going to finish out four. I don't know what's next. I saw that Assassin's Creed Valhalla is on Game Pass, and that's the Viking one. And we're about to go to Viking Fest in a couple weeks. So that could be what I play next. I also bought the remastered Alan Wake because I really want to play Alan Wake too. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. Oh, and I watched the first three episodes of Vampire Diaries. Moving on. So let's get into the first big old segment of our show. We're going to be reviewing some hard seltzers today. This is the truly getaway pack. So website copy here is take your palate to places it's never dreamed of with the getaway pack featuring four globally inspired flavors. It's a vacation in a can here for a limited time only. All right. We got 5% ABV, 100 calories and a gram of sugar per can. We got four flavors. These are all various vacation themes. So we have Arctic Berry, Desert Orange, Mountain Pear, a dice, and Tropic Like It's Hot. It's pretty exciting. I could use a vacation right now. But how are we gonna rate these seltzers? Well, I took a look for some vacation destinations in Ohio. 
So this is based on the US News top five best places to visit in Ohio scale. This is going to be confusing because it's like the fifth one to the first one, but our scale is one to five. So it's kind of reversed. So our lowest and number five on the list is put in bay. So we would be giving that a one two. This would be the fourth on the list out of five. So two out of five, a four is Cleveland, three Cincinnati, five Cuyahoga Valley National Park. And wait, did I say five? That was yeah, four. four. I'm confusing myself. Uh, and then five out of five is Hocking Hills State Park. Number one, notably Columbus. That was six out of ten. Ah, did not make the list. Did not make the, the top five. So we got four flavors. Why here? would you want to visit Cleveland before Columbus? I know. I was pissed, man. <laughs> and like, There's probably so. more history in Cleveland. That's fair. Yeah, I know. I get shot a lot more. Yeah. Do they even have LeBron anymore? I can't remember. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Certainly not anybody on the HRP. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. Pretty cavalier about that. Ooh, I see what you did there. First one up is Arctic Berry. You know what? I want you to read the copy on this one because it's really funny. <laughs> Arctic Berry is all about the burr featuring blue berries, raspberries, and pretty much any other berries you can think of. Best served ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we got some uh, flavor text on the can too. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievably good. Arctic berry. I think it broke Haley on that one. My first criticism would be I don't know how this has anything to do with the Arctic, but I think it's really tasty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting that burr. No. Yeah, this tastes burn going down. It tastes like a little bit of a less sweet version of their like regular mixed berry yeah, thing, which is a good thing. Like I actually like this quite a bit. What do you think? I'm gonna give it a Cuyahoga Valley National Park four out of five. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. This is definitely sitting in the Cuyahoga Valley National Park for me. This is really good. I'll keep coming back to this. Is it perfect five out of five? Probably not, but you know what is? This is really good. Next one up is Desert Orange. Find your oasis with the wild flavors of Desert Orange. Pops of prickly pear and dragon fruit make this a mouth-watering drink like no other. So yeah, my first thing is that this is supposed to be orange, but they're sneaking some other flavors in there. Don't like that. Watch yourself, Julie. And the can says wild, wild zest. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of tastes like a like an orange gummy. Yeah, it's like off orange. Yeah. It tastes like uh, gummy bear, mm -hmm. like an orange gummy bear. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I think I'm going to give this to Cuyahoga Valley National Park again. I feel like it, it's possible to be better, but I could definitely drink this all day, and I don't dislike it at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, call me Will Smith, because I'm in the wild, wild zest. <laughs> I'll slap you if you disrespect my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, put me up on that mechanical spider in Act 3, because I'm also all about the wild, wild zest. I'm going to give this a Cuyahoga Valley National Park. That's a 4 out of 5 as well. The orange flavor is pretty bright, but not like crazy. It doesn't taste like super... I don't know. Orange can go bad in these seltzers, and this one doesn't. And I think that's probably what the introduction of prickly pear and dragon fruit. It's good. I like it. Next one up, Mountain Paradise. What you got? All right, Mountain Paradise... Pick the local peak's finest pears, pop in a few crisp apples, and what do you get? Mountain paradise in a can. Peak refreshment. Ooh. I like that a lot. Fucking great. I like that a lot. I'm taking that straight to Hockey Hill State Park. No discussion uh, yeah, needed. Yeah, exactly. That's, oh man, I haven't had a pear that good since the prickly pear from, um, uh, what was the one with the mermaids? Bon and Viv. Bon and Viv. Bon and Boy, Viv. Bon and yeah. Viv. Jeez. Fallen Angel right there. Jesus Christ. Those were great. But this is delicious. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think the apple's pulling a little weight in there. I, yeah, I, I can definitely taste apple. it. It tastes like a... Um, I mean, it, it's almost reminiscent of a less sweet, like, pear cider. Yeah. That's really, really good. Are you also giving it a five out of five? Yes. Yeah. Taking that to Hocking Hills State Park. Mm. That's delicious. I really like that. They did a great job there. Wow. This is a little bit of a redemption art for Truly. What did we have last time with Great Grandma Truly that was just trash through and through? Was it Champagne Pack? I think it was a Champagne Pack. I think it was pack. a Champagne Pack. That was pack. bad yeah. times. So I was thinking we might be in for another rough one today, but things are going well here. 
and we're gonna try and close it out with a tropic like it's hot. If you're searching for a taste of the tropics, look no further. A little pineapple, some guava, and a dash of papaya make for one beach-worthy beverage. Can says, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. Did we read the can on the last one? Yeah. Okay. That's the oh, peak refreshment. Oh, it's so not memorable. It just entered one ear and went out the other. You're right. It's no Wawa Zest. It's no unbelievably good. <laughs> That's a great Tropic drink. Yeah. I really like that. It's pretty good. The only thing I'll say is I think it isn't as good as their normal pineapple. Yeah. It actually, to me, has like a little bit of a weird taste in it. I don't know what that is on the back end. Could be one of these random fruits. Yeah, it could be one of the random fire. fruits that I don't really know the taste of like mm-hmm. by itself as well. I'm giving it a Cuyahoga Valley. I think it's a really good tropical drink. It's just there's something a little weird on the back end for me that doesn't sit as well. That's fair. I think I'm going to bump it to Hocking Hills State Park. I'm going to be the odd man out here. I really do like this. So that's a five out of five. And I could drink this all day. I would love to drink this in a pool, you know. 2024 pool season opens up and this limited edition pack is gone but if it's still on shelves i might pick it up and drink this in the pool that's gonna be i honestly think they should take some of these and put them in other packs i hope so like yeah this would be perfect for whatever summer pack they put out um the pair should be in like everything yeah the wild wild zest should definitely be in a summer pack i think you mean the desert orange (laughs) you really like that that. i I like the wild wild zest yeah i'd rather call it a wild wild zest actually (laughs) yeah the desert orange should probably be in a summer pack Mm -hmm. i like the berries a pretty good all-rounder too yeah you could put that in i'd rather have that than like the straight raspberries or straight like strawberry or whatever I like the straight, truly berry pack, the one that's like the four different berry flavors. Mm-hmm. And I think this would complement those very well. I think they did a great job. Wow. Truly kind of redeemed themselves on this one. We rated all of these at a four or above, I think. Did, we didn't put it. We didn't even send anything to Cincinnati, did we? No. Not that I, I mean, why would you want to go there? Yeah. I mean, that should be one out of five. No kidding. So this was a very highly rated pack for us. We did great. And there's going to be a final verdict here. So Griff, I got a question for you. In their 1994 song, Gotta Get Away, pop punk legends, The Offspring, mentioned that they were sitting on the bed and lying wide awake. There's demons in my head and it's more than I can take. I think I'm on a roll, but I think it's kind of weak, saying all that I know is I gotta get away from me. Do you gotta get away, like this pack, or gotta get away from these seltzers? Uh, the first one, I think, is the good one. I gotta get away. That's I, correct. I, yeah, yeah. I would also, I also gotta get away because these are really good. <laughs> yeah, huge fan. I think you can't really miss here. How do you want to distribute them? I think you like the Tropic Leg It's Hot. Yeah, Tropic uh, Leg It's Hot's coming over here because I rated that a little higher. I think we should roll off for Paradise right. because. Uh, do you have dice over by you? If not, I can flip you a d20. All right, you're good. Because that was just fire. I got an 11. Ooh, same. Oh, you know what? Take it. I know you, you really like your, your pear and apple and stuff. Right. And uh, you were really you stuck on it? wild, wild zest. So yeah, take <laughs> stuck on the wild, wild zest. Dangerous that we like these so much. It means we're going to finish all 12 of these by the end of the after party. Yeah, that's uh, the way she goes. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Haley, just try it. What do you think? Positive, negative? It's good. 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 Our palates haven't been completely destroyed by years it of has, tasting shit. It has a lot more apple than I expected. It does. Yeah, there's a yeah. good amount of apple in there. Call it but it's crisp. Rice. It's crisp apple, though. It's green apple. It's not. It's green apple. Mm-hmm. It's crisp. It feels crisp. Green apple. My palate says it's crisp. It's a granny smooth. It's crisp on the tongue. Guys, this is really awkward being a part of this, uh, this fight here. <laughs> <laughs> third wheel in this fight. It's a vicious gotta, fight. Yeah, I know. You guys are really <laughs> laying into each other. All right. So I got to cut the tension and move on. So we're going to move into the meat of this episode here. Of course, as always, we had our poll that went out to the patrons to see what did you want us to chat about today? And we had a big old tie. We tied between creature feature, the God segment, and just like a mystery random segment that I always like to throw at the end of the poll. And so I decided we're going to do the mystery one. That's going to be fun. And we're bringing back one of my favorite, if not my favorite segments. It's Power Rank Kill. So we're going to be doing Vibrarian Instincts today. I got a little bit of lead in here, and then we're going to get started. So for those of you who don't remember, 
Welcome back to Power Rank Kill, a segment where Griff and I discuss the pros and cons of Pathfinder options, ultimately assigning rankings with S being the highest tier, followed by A, B, C, and then finally D. This week we're contemplating, oh wait, oh, uh, that copy doesn't really make sense anymore. This is copied over from the Oracle. We're doing the Barbarian. Moving on. We're going to be talking about their seven different instincts. So what is an instinct for those of you who don't know? You channel your rage through an instinct. You decide what your instinct means to you. It could be a creature or symbol beloved by your clan or a purely internal source or filter of your rage, such as a belief, curse, heritage, or state of mind. Each instinct grants an instinct ability, plus more abilities you can use or gain via feats that list the instinct as a prerequisite. It also determines what damage you resist when raging with raging resistance, and at higher levels increases the additional damage you do when you rage. Each instinct lists the anathema to it. Whenever you perform such acts, you lose that instinct's abilities and any feats that the list your instinct as prerequisite until you spend one day of downtime, yada, yada, yada. You know what it is at this point. So it's what makes a barbarian special. It's the subclass, essentially. There are seven of them. So we have animal, dragon, elemental, fury, giant, spirit, and superstition. Notably, I have never played a barbarian in 2E. Of course, we have Chris locking down the spirit barbarian with Diego on Bestow Curse. And Griff, you have a little bit of experience with barbarian, right? Yeah, I played an animal instinct barbarian to level eight. Great. Well, I think that's a great place to start, mostly because we were going to do this in alphabetical order anyway. So let's start with animal. So animal is a pretty cool one, right? Like, I think it's pretty awesome. There are nine sub subclasses of this where you basically pick a type of animal and when you enter your rage you grow a feature from that animal like there's a frog one where you grow a big long tongue to attack people with and there's I think a wolf one where you get a bite or something but you have more experience with this class so if you want to maybe talk about a little bit more sure so the animal instinct is basically your shifter light, right? Yeah. So you're through either rituals or a group of people that you came from or through some sort of lycanthropic lineage, you've gained this power to kind of morph into an animal, not unlike the beast kin, but with a lot more power behind it. And so the animals you can pick are ape, bear, bull, cat, deer, frog, shark, snake, and wolf. You start being able to get an attack from those animals. Depends on the animal you pick for the attack, but they all have different traits. They're all considered unarmed. And at a later level, the damage die on those attacks goes up, which is awesome. So a lot of them become D12 like you would normally be using as a barbarian, but a lot of them start at a D10 with some notable exceptions, usually the secondary attack. If an animal instinct grants you two attacks like a bear, gives you jaws and claws this isn't like a full transformation into the animal until later levels but it does kind of give you to steve's point like if i was a deer instinct i would grow antlers when i enter rage so the anathema to animal instinct is that you cannot use weapons while raging which is fairly limiting for a barbarian, as well as you cannot flagrantly disrespect an animal of your chosen kind, which is really easy to not do unless you're a dick. Um, So that part of the anathema is pretty much a non-issue, but the no weapons while raging, I mean, you're given weapons through your instinct, but you can't use weapons in combat otherwise. So if for some reason, like through calm emotions, or due to the timer going up, you lose your animal weapons, you're kind of just wailing with your fists, Mm -hmm. which sucks. So I really recommend anyone that plays this subclass take a form of natural weapons through an ancestry or maybe even dip into the monk dedication to have access to a higher damaging unarmed strike. Mm -hmm. That being said, So your rage damage starts at two, goes to five with specialization, and then goes from five to 12 with greater weapon specialization. In addition, a couple of the animals get reach on their weapons, which is huge. The deer specifically, which is what I played, having 
reach with the grapple trait is really fun to play because unlike in 1e where a grapple moves something adjacent to you it doesn't do that in 2e and so you can really lock stuff down at range and then your resistance you resist piercing and slashing damage that's your raging resistance which is which i think of the three physical damages are the two most prevalent i think bludgeoning is the least prevalent yeah so it's a really fun subclass. I think the feats that support it allow you to be the tankiest barbarian you can be with animal skin. Yeah. Uh, where you don't wear armor, but get like your skin toughens as an animal and you basically get the equivalent of like medium armor, but it's a little bit better. So from that perspective, animal instinct barbarian fits the niche of the barbarian tank a lot better than some of the other subclasses. Mm hmm. I think this is a great choice of the Barbarian Instincts. And spoiler alert, I think there are some really good choices here besides Animal. I think I'm leaning A tier. I was going to say the same. I think this would be S tier for me, if not for the Anathema. So what happens here is you're going to come up against a lot of things that have resistant to different damage types. And when you're using unarmed attacks, a lot of these subset animals only give you one unarmed attack that does one type of damage. So unless you do other things, like I mentioned, to get other types of unarmed attacks, you're dealing one damage type and can't really be versatile in that respect. So you can't overcome uh, resistances in that way, mm -hmm. which becomes tough at higher levels. All right. Well, that all said, let's lock that into A. I feel pretty good about that. And let's go down to Dragon. So Dragon is the next one. A for Animal, is it going to be D for Dragon? I don't think so. <laughs> I really like Dragon. Dragon's pretty cool. The flavor on it is good. They suggest maybe a, a dragon like burned your village down or something if you wanted to pick this and you manifest a rage against that dragon. It's pretty cool. So the dragon, similar to the animal subtype here is pretty versatile in that there are 10 different sub sub categories to this that's broken up by the chromatic versus metallic and different colors of dragon and that's going to determine some things that we'll probably talk about a little bit later but this is i think overall a really good subclass here talking for a moment about anathema this is where I might have a little bit of a hang up. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording here. The first part of it is pretty restrictive. Letting a personal insult against you slide is anathema to your instinct. That can be a pretty broad umbrella. Yeah. yeah. That can be tough. Then the second half of the anathema is you either respect or hate certain dragon types and you have to kind of behave accordingly. I don't think that's particularly restrictive. Your GM, they fiat some stuff in there, but whatever. On paper, it's not too restrictive. Let's talk a little bit more about dragon. So you have all those 10 different subtypes, which give you different damage types. This, I think, is a fairly unique barbarian class in that the specific dragon feats give you flight when you rage, give you a breath weapon when you rage, and different elemental damage with that breath weapon. This is pretty good, pretty versatile. Yeah. And I, I should also mention that you can also augment your rage damage with different damage types based off of the color and composition of the dragon you pick. I think overall, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely up there. That, I mean, that anathema kind of stinks, but it's not a mechanical stink like the mm -hmm. animal instinct. Yeah. It's more of a, you know, how lenient is your GM going to be with not letting something slide? Like, does that just require you to clap back? Yeah. Is that with a like an insult? Exactly. Or is that like you have to engage them in combat? And I think most GMs are not going to want to be playing like a rude NPC and have the barbarian fight every mm -hmm. every root npc they introduce so i think it'll be a little bit of the former and less of the latter i have a hard time not putting this in either a or s i'll tell you what how do you feel about this because we've we've done our homework already how about we slot it into s for now and see if there's anything that would kick it out of s anything that we like more i'm not sure that there will be but i think if there was something in us and i guess maybe we don't need to put it anything in us 
you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Let's put it in yeah. there and see if, if I mean, we change our idea. It's just, like, it's just on there. like immediately better from a damage perspective. Like you mm -hmm. increase the initial rage damage to four and it gets to eight and then 16. You know, the damage is really good. The utility of the feats is really good. Uh, the flavor is really, really good. Mm hmm. All right, so it's tentatively in S. I really like it. Let's talk Elemental. This is the only subclass that is not from the core rulebook. This is from Rage of Elements. Yep. So again, similar to the previous two, this one does give some sub versatility in there in that you can flavor your Elemental Barbarian in tune with one of the six different elements, so your air, earth, fire, metal, water, or wood, giving you a corresponding trait and damage, whether, for example, that's electricity and slashing for air, or bludgeoning or piercing for wood. You get a little bit of ver like versatility that you can choose from at character creation. Um, anathema is not punishing. Disrespecting an Elemental creature is Anathema, right? purposely despoiling an elemental plane is anathema. When is this going to come up in a campaign? Well, and it's specifically your elements plane, so... Yeah, yeah. Like this is never going to happen. <laughs> you shouldn't do it if you are this type of barbarian anyway, so you're fine, I think. Here's an interesting thing. When you rage, you're cloaked in a vortex of elemental matter and becomes concealed from ranged attacks. I think the damage may be a little lower than some other ones. I'm not sure yet but I mean that that's at least interesting what do you think about that I think that's cool I mean it, it's reminiscent of the kineticist gathering power which I mm -hmm. think the elemental barbarian is meant to work with it's the only one that has direct links to like the kineticist dedication and that you can use pieces of the kineticist dedication and it gives them the rage trait mm -hmm. so this is perfect like if it, you it literally wanna, calls yeah it calls that out in the tax. Uh, so if you want to play a Barbarian Kineticist dedication, this is the pretty much the, the way to go. But I think it's fairly good on its own. I mean, that concealment, it's just concealment. There's a million other ways to get it, but it's nice. The damage isn't great. I mean, you increase the damage from Rage from 4 to 6, and 6 to 12 with your specialization and you resist the damage dealt by attacks and abilities of elemental creatures of your chosen element, as well as creatures made of your element, regardless of the damage type, and then you resist damage dealt by attacks, spells, and abilities with your elemental trait. So... I think this one is less about doing raw damage, and there are a couple feats that expand the different types of elemental damage you can do, and just being a little bit more flexible to get around resistances in the way that like animal you were talking about how you're basically locked into one damage type this one damage is lower but you have more versatility unless you pick fire unless you pick fire sure yeah yeah you do have a little bit of versatility there but i think it's just okay i mean the extra damage isn't there the situational ranged concealment i mean you're gonna be a melee combatant mm -hmm. so most of the hits you're gonna be taking are not ranged yeah but if you pick a good element to resist like fire or you know depending on your campaign like if you were in rain or winter and picked cold yeah that's gonna be a really huge boon situationally i think this is awesome yeah just as like a blanket statement though i feel i'm leaning b yeah, I don't know what I'm you thinking. think about that. Like this, if somebody comes to my table and yeah, my table, like I'm ever going to run anything, but like, I guess a party that I'm in with an elemental barbarian, I'm not going to be like bad choice. I'll just be like, okay. Yeah, that works. I think I think this is B with a strong case for in the right campaign. This could punch higher than B and oh, in sure. the wrong campaign. This could punch lower. It really just depends on how you're using it. I love that assessment. So with that in mind, let's move to Fury. This one is interesting. So this is basically vanilla. It's vanilla barbarian. It's yeah. if you came from 5e and want to play a barbarian. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, this is basically just like if you took regular barbarian in 1e, like you rage, you do a bunch of damage. Instead of getting anathema or instinct ability, you get a first level barbarian feat. You resist physical weapon damage, but nothing special. You don't get access to like dragon feats or elemental feats or any of the feats that you would get from the other well, subclasses. Extra first level feat. Yeah. So the the argument here is that 
this is not special at all. However, if somebody, like you said, is like coming over from a different system or playing Pathfinder for the first time, I think I would kind of point them in this direction. Just like try this out for one session. And this is less like I need you to fall in love with a particular class or just like this is this is more just like let's learn the game mechanics together. Yeah. yeah I'm glad that. this exists, but it exists. I just think like anybody who's not playing this as their first session, I think, is doing themselves a disservice. And what's the benefit you're getting from reduced rage damage? You're getting the ability for it to be the same as your weapon type damage, right? So yeah. piercing, slashing, or bludgeoning, whereas all the other ones are... I mean, animal gives you the same thing. It just limits the weapons you can use and gives you a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's fine. I think it's like C tier, though. I think we got to give it C tier. Like... I'm glad this exists. There are situations. I'm glad there's where an like, angry barbarian. There should it be. It's just I wish there was more support for like, like special rage feats. This or, is where know. I would like to see an improvement in the remaster. Yeah, beef, like, the, beef this up a little bit. Just bring it on par to some of the others. I mean, there's just such cool feat support for most of the other specializations that doesn't exist in here. There's at least three feats tied to every other specialization. Yes, that's wild that there's no fury feats. There should be. Anyway, let's go to one that I think is going to warrant a little bit of a discussion. Giant Instinct. So your rage gives you the raw power and size of a giant. Again, like the dragon subclass, you could be pro-giant, you could be anti-giant. But basically, the build of this subclass is use weapons that are too large from you and take feats to get bigger than you are and get more reach. This one is really interesting. The damage is nuts on this subclass, especially with that specialization ability where when you get greater, you increase your rage damage from 10 to 18. That might be the highest across the subclasses. It is the highest damage in all the subclasses. You get the cost of clumsy one with that weapon. The feats are wild. When you rage, you expand to large size. There's a later feat that gets you up to huge size. I believe you can take that at 12. And I did my feat mapping earlier this morning. And you can get a level 14 feat when you stack it with a couple earlier feats that allow you to get, combined with your size reach and the additional reach from feats, a full 25 feet of reach when you are huge. However... You can't do this in a dungeon. I mean, you you can't. You, you can, but like you can't fit anywhere is yeah. the problem. Practically, you you're too like how many like dungeon rooms are big enough for this character to exist in? Well, the thing is, it's an action to do the get big thing. Mm-hmm. So you're still getting the damage bonus without it. And you're still getting the reach bonus from that one feed. Yeah. You're just not getting the, like, I'm huge, and now I have a 25-foot reach, which I think is, like, how this is meant to be played, right? <laughs> it's like, it's giant instinct. You want to get as big as possible. This mm-hmm. is your barbarian of Balumdar. Yes. This is all offense and no defense. That's this barbarian. It's, like, the most damage you can do as a barbarian, the lowest AC mm-hmm. you're going to have as a barbarian, the worst reflex saves you're going to have as a barbarian. Like, you're going to be susceptible to a shit ton of damage, and you're going to go down a lot. All gas, no breaks. All gas, no breaks. But sometimes in 2e, the best defense is a good offense. It's true. If you can kill an enemy before it gets to go. So with that in mind, I think this is at least solidly an A tier. Wow, that's a little higher than I thought you might have gone. But there are enough things in here that, if played right, can work in your favor. I think there's enough that even without being huge, even with the clumsy penalty, which isn't affecting your to hit, Mm -hmm. you're still the biggest damage dealer on your team. You're still the biggest damage dealer among barbarians. Yeah, this is like potential biggest damage dealer in the game. Like, it's up there. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, I mean, plus you you have your option of any weapon, so you can be rocking a great pick and trying to get, yeah. you know, fatal crits. Yeah, you know, boy, this is tough because this is situationally terrible. Like if you're in like a congested hallway or something, but also there's so much good going for this. I just think with the, is- with the fact that those feats 
are an action to use. Mm-hmm. So you rage and then use, you know, the, the thing that makes you big. I think that it's at least not always on. Yeah. If it were always on, then I, this I would can't, this would certainly I drop give it, just like based off score. of the ability to use it in most Mm-hmm. Pathfinder published material, but so are you? Are you arguing for A right now? I that's think why I'm arguing for A. That's, yeah, that's why, if that wasn't situational, that. I think then this would probably be B, even with all those damage bonuses, just because it's so hard to use. Yeah, yeah. Let's drop it into A for now. We got two left here. Spirit. This is the Diego special. So, Spirit is. I don't know if you listen to Bestow Curse, which everybody basically listening is. You have a tie into the spirit world or ghosts or whatever. You may be haunted and you got a couple things going on for you. So anathema disrespecting corpses is basically your only anathema. Again, similar to the animal anathema where it's like, don't disrespect an animal. The only way you're going to be doing this is if you're playing like a creep or a fucking weirdo. So just don't be that and you're fine. The rage bonus to damage. Does this count if you like... Intimidate a vampire, like call it, you know, mm. <laughs> he's a corpse technically. <laughs> mm, now you got me thinking. <laughs> I don't think actually that's how that would be interpreted. I think interpreted. mechanically that's not <laughs> right, but I, I don't know. Is, it's a, is Diego I, committed an asthma? <laughs> well, we ha- we'll have to talk to Chris about this afterwards. We might have to redact some Bestow Curse episodes, but in the meantime, rage damage from this is not great. It only bumps up a little bit, but that extra damage is either negative or positive pre-remaster what's that vitality void post and as long as you pick the correct one nobody really resists that type of stuff so that's not too bad you can basically make your weapon ghost touch saving yourself the cost of a rune the resistance is resisting negative damage which is pretty good a lot of campaigns have an extended undead section or book so that's going to be really useful your evil clerics like to harm as well as just like the general damage dealt by attacks and abilities of undead creatures you resist so would you allow pretty good i'm thinking of this as a gm i think i would allow like a skeleton pc to take this and resist positive as their raging resistance i think that is totally fair yeah yeah I think that is in the spirit of the rules if it is not explicitly on the page. It is not explicitly on the page. There weren't undead, there the weren't undead PC yeah. classes when it was Exactly. Released. I don't yeah. even know if Dampire was out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. No, because it would have been core. So, I don't know. I don't know that this is your most optimal choice, but I think it's good, and we've seen it used quite effectively with yeah. Chris on the show. Uh, notably, choice. notably, it is the only like thing without like going incorporeal yourself that lets you grapple ghosts. Yeah. Which by itself awesome. is like really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often is it going to come up? Not that often, but when it does. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm torn on this one. I, I would love to give it like an A minus or a B plus. So I'm I'm there. I, I think it's solidly B. It punches a little higher in an undead campaign because a lot of undead have like vitality weakness Mm -hmm. which this will cover you know the only stuff that isn't susceptible to your extra rage damage is really like constructs and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so it doesn't come up much that you won't at least be able to do your extra rage damage but i think you know just the lack of extra damage let's toss that in b i feel pretty good about that i honestly think if you're not in like an undead campaign this might even be like b minus sure just because, like, it gives you a lot of resi- like, talk to your GM about like, that. Like Diego was baller in the in the Temple of Ergothoa because he, you know, mm-hmm. that's what the instinct is made to be dealing with. Yeah, even if he can, he has to flip flop between void and vitality, it's still like I'm dealing with people that are desecrating undead, and I have all the tools to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's lock that in as B, and we have one more to go. Let's just go ahead and rip superstition a new asshole. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. So this is meant to be a barbarian subclass where you don't like spellcasters and you are optimized to fight spellcasters. Oh, boy. Flavorfully, it's kind of cool. Sure. It's got a lot of RP potential. I'm just going to read the anathema. <laughs> Direct quote. 
willingly accepting the effects of magic spells, including from scrolls, wands, and the like, even from your allies, is anathema to your instinct. You can still drink potions and invest and activate most magical items you find, though items that cast spells are subject to the same restrictions as all other spells. If an ally insists on using magic on you despite your unwillingness and you have no reason to believe they will stop, continuing to travel with that ally of your own free will counts as willingly accepting their spells as do similar circumstances and is thus also anathema to your instinct. Do you like getting healed? Not anymore. Hey, there's the medicine skill for that. There's yeah. battle medicine. But yeah, yeah, you're not going to have a life oracle pumping 80 healing into you every mm-hmm. round. That's for sure. Bless? No thanks. Buffs? Magical buffs? No thanks. What do you get in return, Steve? Small bonuses against other spellcasters. Plus two to your saves against spells? Yep. Resistance against two schools of magic? Not not all magic, just two schools. Oh, man. How about that specialization ability? You increase the damage of your rage but only against creatures that can cast spells. So oh, hey, but when you get greater, you get the lesser version for everyone and the greater version for, again, just people that cast spells. This sucks so bad. Yeah, it's... I really don't know that this was... Jeez, I, it, it feels like it was almost a mistake to write. I feel like this was very first draft. Like, there's just not enough benefits yeah. here. This is just very much so... I think something that was put on paper and didn't get tuned up in time for like the core rule book to release. Like this just doesn't, I don't know. Like everything that we've done so far is viable in some way, shape or form. Even fury, which we didn't love has a place. I mean, fury plays exactly fine. Yeah. It you plays know, there's fine. No it's just not fun. So play it however the hell you want. But it, superstition is actively punishing. The only situation, I think we were talking about this again before we went live, that this is even viable is if you just are in a purely martial party. How yeah, often does I, that happen? I mean, as long if, if you have somebody that fully invests in the like medic route or you have an alchemist mm-hmm. and that's like the spell casting that's happening. Yeah. And lo and behold, you ever contract a curse and need it removed. Tough shit. I mean, that, that happens at such a low level. Like that is such a low like level. <laughs> that's a potential like before you hit the midpoint, man. Yeah, and you'll just have it forever. Cause you can't you if you you can't anathema, you know? Overcome it yourself, dog. <laughs> Overcome that curse with sure fury. <laughs> Force of will. Oh my god. So where would you put this? Dog shit tier D. Yep. This is D tier through and yeah. through. <laughs> I mean Boy. it's just it was a mistake to write this. Literally, like, for a game so focused on balance, mm-hmm. I don't understand the existence of this. Like, there, it would have to be, like, double that extra damage against spellcasters or something. Like, yeah. It would have to be huge rage damage and, like, oh, each of your hits does 24 extra damage on spellcasters. Yeah, it would like, have to annihilate spellcasters. Even with the feat support, like... At later levels, you got to get, like, spell immunity or something for this to be worthwhile. Yeah. Like, as it's written, it's just really, really piss poor. It's really, really bad. This, but but now, we, now we got fodder for, like, when we want to play, like, the worst things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> April like Fool's Day episode. <laughs> so be the superstitious barbarian and never face a spellcaster. Yeah. <laughs> or be in a group of all spellcasters be useless oh boy okay so i think we've kind of locked in all of our picks let's run through them one last time and make sure that we feel good about them so our soul entrant here in s class is dragon in a class we have animal and giant b is elemental and spirit c is fury d is superstition I actually feel really confident about these. Yeah. I feel better about these than a couple other past ones. I, I think I think so too. My only thing would be what I mentioned with spirit, which is like and and elemental yeah. to a certain extent. Like I think they're B because they're not as good all rounders, mm-hmm. but like spirit in an undead campaign, that's easily S tier. That's sure. like the best yeah. thing you can play. In Carrying a Crown, you play a spirit barbarian and 100%. you're gonna melt stuff. 
Uh, you take a dip in book two and four or whatever, but otherwise <laughs> you're melting everything. But just as an all-arounder, I think it's, it's lacking compared to something like Animal or Dragon where, yeah, you got your element to contend with, but like it's so much extra damage and so much extra versatility and feat support. It feels like it got a lot more love than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you compare Dragon and Superstition, it's just like night and day. It's these are basically out of different game systems. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's wild. But all right. So those are our rankings. Would be curious if people agree. Throw them in the Zone of Truth chat. But let's get into some questions here. Haley, what do we got in the chat? First, we got from Eric. We have, have you looked at any of the Barbarians Plus content and any predictions on the remaster changes? I haven't looked at any Barbarians Plus. Likewise. But I have some predictions for remaster. Obviously, Dragon is going to take a big change mm -hmm. because the chromatic and metallic dragons no longer exist. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how that and Draconic Sorcerer change. Or I guess Sorcerer is already in, right? Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. I so, so. so we'll see. I think... Fury hopefully will get some feet support and that might yeah. make it a better option. I imagine they will see I don't think they're gonna touch superstition because superstition wasn't core. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, superstition was core. Elemental thought, was the only one that wasn't. I thought superstition was from the advanced something. Let me double check. Oh, superstition was from advanced players guide. You are right. I thought that was core. Never mind. So yeah, they probably won't touch it. This is going to be a little bit more of a specific thing that I think they're going to change. If you look at the witch patrons, the names of those changed. They became like more specific in a way or more eloquent. Like Rune became the inscribed one, right? Mm -hmm. I wonder if they're going to do a similar thing where like animal becomes like primal fury or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think they might just change it to change it, you know? Yeah. I feel like rage in and of itself is a mechanic that works. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't put it past them for changing some of the things that you can do while you rage. Yeah, what do you think about that concentrate trait? I think that... I changed something I, about I that. I think it makes sense, but we lost the components of spellcasting, didn't we? I thought that I was so. something in the remaster, like where we don't have verbal somatic and, what, and material anymore. So that might alter that in some way. I feel like they're going to allow for something that lets you multi-class into a blood rager for the sheer point of not printing a blood rager yeah i think that's what's what's going to happen there's going to be some sort of feat or something that's requirement is like a barbarian with a spell casting dedication that will allow you to do some form of like blood rage i think that's so accurate i don't think we're going to see a blood rager class in 2e I, yeah I, I, just, I think i think you're just going to be able to figure it out with yeah, which is cool in a way because Blood Ragers were always arcane. Yeah. So it's cool in a way that you could be like a divine Blood Rager. If it's yeah. just like feet support that does it too, you could be a spirit instinct Blood Raging thing, which is what Chris wanted to do with Diego in the beginning, but couldn't. Man, we got this guy over here talking so much about feet support. Call him Dr. Schultz. Haley, do we have any other questions? Yes, we have multiple questions. Plants, plants, tray has asked, what is the weirdest barbarian build you can think of? Ooh, is that weird? not superstition at this point? Weird would be like, no. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would say uh, take superstition barbarian and then with your free archetype, take a uh, summoner dedication. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to play something that isn't inherent. Like, like I think Poppet has construct traits. Oh. Like, like play that with the spirit instincts. <laughs> so you're not really mm. like you're, not, you're channeling something that you don't inherently use, or like an automaton. I don't know if automatons are immune to positive and negative energy. I think poppets might be. Play a small ancestry and take the giant so you get big. That'd be, I think that's just fun on its own. Yeah, face. that might not like, be weird. Like the that's just the giant fun. instinct halfling is just fun. Uh huh. I think it'd be weird to pair like animal with anything that. Like if you played like Animal and took like the the uh, inventor dedication and specifically had to like use the construct companion because you can't really make use of any of the other stuff. 
it's just like it doesn't fit, right? Yeah. It doesn't fit with animal. Yeah. Robotic dog. I think it'd be very fun. I think, I think it'd be very fun and against type to play like an Ifrit with uh, like an Ifrit water elemental barbarian or something that's like off type, oh, like that. Because sure. I mean, I'm sure you'll see dime a dozen Ifrit fire elemental barbarians. Yeah, that just makes sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. It'd be really weird to play like a shark instinct barbarian in a landlocked campaign. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like, do you, so, do you so like your first action is like, you don't, you don't, but you, you eventually get animal form, which makes you it. turn into the full animal. So you like run up to something, plant yourself and turn into a shark and start, then I started chomping, <laughs> started holding my breath and chomping. So the move is to have that in your party and also have like a reposition focus monk yeah, just to toss people the, towards the shark. My mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> Alright, that's a future campaign we'll play. Uh, do we have any more questions, Ailey? Yep, Eric's also asked, what is the sub variant you'd like to see added onto one of the instincts? For example, monster theme under the animal instinct. Ooh, uh... Great ooh. question. Great question. I'd love to see uh, like an Urgothoan themed spirit barbarian mm -hmm. like the, the spirit barbarian is very phrasma themed right yeah like you you read it and you're like this guy probably worships phrasma this is a very like it makes sense that diego is a dusk walker right mm -hmm. <laughs> so like the exact type of character that would take that instinct so i'd like to see the opposite like the negative energy like the undead version of that i would like to expand on fury a little bit and combine that with some sort of mechanical thing. So you have like metal parts in you, little servos and shit. And when you get really mad, they all start spinning up. And Ooh. so like you have you have like a half like Terminator thing. Version. Yeah, like a yeah. steampunk, like an Alkenstar type of thing. And when you like channel that rage energy, you overclock these things inside you. Similar in theory, at least, to combining like the inventor type with like the barbarian type. I think that would be cool. I want to see a version of Fury that is like pettiness or like passive ag aggression, where instead of the bonuses to damage uh -huh. that you get, as a barbarian, it would be a barbarian focused on charisma and you get huge buffs to intimidating and that kind of stuff. And you would go like heavy charisma and you don't lose the con like your rage doesn't have the component where you lose the concentration ability. Mm -hmm. And so, but your rage doesn't give you like the same benefits to damage or whatever, or it gives you like a really small benefit to, and it's like mental damage. That's good. And it's like your fury is channeled through your words, like a, the ultimate Karen barbarian. I love it. While you were talking, I thought about something else. What if the subclasses of fury were the seven sins? Ooh, yes. I really like that. I think that works and you pick that and I don't I haven't thought too much about it, but it, it changes either your abilities, your feats or whatever happens similar to animal or dragon or whatever. And like you could channel like greed, fury, envy, fury, wrath, fury. Uh, maybe we don't talk about lust, fury. Well, let's not get into that one, uh, <laughs> but I, I think this could kind of work. <laughs> Yeah, bar but incel barbarians. Sexual frustration. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think this works. You, you had it to lust. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where the whole thing fell off. How do you get angry about sloth? I guess you get angry for having to do Stop something. Stop making me do things. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. <laughs> and this quickly so I can get back to my nap. <laughs> yeah, the gluttony is just anger. Yeah, <laughs> this works. <laughs> okay, do we got anything else going on here? Yeah, we've got a, um, one more barbarian question and then we'll move into a couple non-barbarian questions. Sure. Eric asks as well, what's your favorite representation of barbarians or barbarian class-like character in media? Oh, there's so many. We got to shout, and we haven't done this, I don't think, on the podcast yet, but, oh shoot, what's her name? Michelle Rodriguez in the D&D Honor Among Thieves movie plays an amazing barbarian. She does such a good job. 
absolutely nails it. Good movie, by the way. I think um, in Grown Ups Two, Shaq throws a man over a house. That's a good one. So maybe maybe that <laughs> Griffith's googling something. I'm gonna say Shaq throwing a man over the house in Grown Ups Two. <laughs> I was trying to think of his name. I think what is he? Full body in Full Metal Alchemist. Full body. Or uh, is he uh, one of the two strong guys that have? Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. He's the he's the leaner one. Yes. That's good. I think he's exactly what I want from like magical barbarian. Hell yeah. I'm going to start rewatching Brotherhood soon. Maybe this weekend. We'll see. All right. Now, let's, let's now I'm barbarian. Or, yes. Let's hit one or two of those and get out of here. What do we got? Okay. We've got from Plants, Plants, Trey. What are good tips for playing a life oracle and how often should a life oracle use dragon stance? Okay. Don't know anything about dragon stance. Can't answer that. I'll look it up. However, <laughs> I would suggest taking heal as your first signature spell. <laughs> That's Bravo. an easy go to. <laughs> I guess it kind of depends what, what you're trying to play. If you're playing a life oracle, you're basically committing yourself to be your team's magic healer. So as you see on Bestow Curse, I particularly really leaned into another heal focused archetype. I've talked to a couple other people who have played Life Oracles who don't do that, who don't take Blessed One and take something else and expand what they can do in combat. And I think that's very valid. You absolutely can do that. It's not what I was looking to do with the character, but if you don't just want to heal every turn, then that's what you would do. You got any thoughts on that one, Griff? I would expand your spell selection to buffs. I think. Oh, sure. Yeah. You're going to be. You're going to be a healer, but healing is usually a back half of combat thing. And so you want to be able to be strong in both halves of combat. Post remaster, take that bless. Yeah, yeah, definitely take bless. Just take some stuff that buffs. The divine list is great for buff spells. Mm -hmm. And all of your spells don't have to revolve around healing. Although, as Steve said, like it's obviously important to take heal as your signature spell. as one of your many signature spells. But getting some of that buff too is going to make you a little bit more well-rounded and actually expend less spell slots for you at the end of the Mm -hmm. day because a buffed party is going to take less damage than a non-buffed party. So you want to be the damage mitigation on both the front end and the back end if you're kind of trying to optimize that life oracle. And by doing the buffing, you're doing it on the front end, and the healing, you're doing it on the back end. Yeah, it's it's a- like the stuff you took with like the mercy bless oh, stuff sure. too. It's like even your lay on hands is like heal with a buff mm-hmm. and heal with an expanded buff. Like you are adding buffs onto the heals, and I'm not necessarily saying you have to keep them separate, but sometimes you want to buff a healed party member. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I love Life Oracle. We've done Power Rank Kill, and I forced that into S tier. So, I think it's deserving of S tier anyway. So yeah, like it's it's a great class or subclass. Love it a lot. Back half of your question about Dragon Stance, I took a look at that. You need the Martial Artist archetype, and basically it's very similar to like a Monk Stance, where you're getting up there and attacking people, pretending that you have a Dragon's Tail and kicking them. I would suggest that you never, ever do this ever. You should be in the back <laughs> hiding and healing people. All right. Do we have any more questions? I think we, we can do one, one more before more. we can get going. Uh, Eric has asked, what's a better seltzer flavor, pear or pineapple? Ooh, I think it depends on the time of year. Pear is better in winter. Pineapple is better in summer. Yeah. I mean, gun to my head, if I have to pick one, I'm pineapple, but that is the right answer. Depending on the time of year, the answer should change. But I like pineapple better, but I don't want a pineapple when it's 20 below outside. Yeah, I think I'm the other way, right? I, I, I prefer pear, but I like both. Sure. And so they're seasonal flavors for a reason. And that's hey, why they do season, seasonal packs. Griff, that's why we work together. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we're about winding it down now. We're headed towards the after party in the Discordly channel in our Discord with the folks that are listening live here today. But before we get out of here... We always like to do a final jab when we are doing these live episodes. So, Haley, do we have any today? We have a final praise. 
Oh, oh, wow. That's rare. I don't know if we can allow that, but cancel it. Give him a shot and see how we feel about it. So Rez has said the entire HLP crew is absolutely killing it lately. The stories, the characters role play are all showing everyone's hard work and passion. You should all be proud of yourselves. Dance in your seat on camera without music. You deserve it. Oh, thanks, Rez. That is the absolute sweetest thing. Thank you so much. That, you know, it's an interesting time for us as we kind of spun up shackles recently. And I feel really good about what's happening on Bestow Curse as we're moving into book three. Speak with Plants has been so much fun to record. I hope it comes across as fun to the people at home. Like we're really humming on that one, just having a blast going through the dungeon that we're in right now. So I feel really good about everything that we're putting out and I'm glad that you're enjoying it too. That's what I think. Like the parties are humming. Yeah. That's the, that's fun. Yes. Right. You know, I think we're finally getting out of the like training wheels stage of skull and shackles. And it's like, we finally got three groups that are synergizing. Absolutely. So like anytime that we get together, it's just a really good time recording. And so I'm glad to hear the the positive response. So thank you very much, Raz. That was, that was yes, beautiful. Thank you. But in the meantime, I think that about wraps us up. So we're about to head into the Discordly channel. We'll see you there if you're listening along live. Otherwise, Griff, anything to say to the folks at home before we get out of here? Uh, finish your rage. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. Later.